This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 36. This is Writing Excuses Collaboration. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. And once again, we have Shannon and Dean Hale, our awesome friends. I'm Shannon. Oh, yeah, I'm awesome. (laughs) And you guys (laughs) collaborate quite a bit. Yes, we do. Some would say too much. Ooh. Two children too much. (laughs) But which which two? Um, so we have talked about collaboration before on the podcast, but whenever we had an opportunity to talk about collaborate, talk with collaborators, we like to bring them on because it feels like everyone's collaboration style is so different yes. from every other one that basically we just want to know how you guys collaborate. And I guess I can kind of start you on the, how did it begin? What were your first collaborations like? Um, and how did it start? Besides the children. Right. Besides are, the actual like literature, like books. So the very means. first one was I'd been publishing novels for a while. For First Kiss Then Tell was probably the oh, first one. Oh, that's true. We did write, we wrote a short story about our first kiss yeah, in there an was, anthology. She was asked to do an, uh, it was like in a YA anthology about first kisses. All the different authors were asked to do it. And she wrote about our first kiss, which I don't think was her first kiss, really. Well, it's not but, my first kiss, but it was my first kiss with you. Right, exactly. And then I read it and, and wrote a rebuttal. Yes. And they published that too. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. And then our official first book was, um, I'd been writing novels and I wanted to write a graphic novel. And this was pretty early. Most children's publishers were not doing graphic novels yet, but he was a lifelong comics reader. So I thought um, he he would have a lot of insight into the medium. And so we did a book called Rapunzel's Revenge that came out in 2008. Nominated for an Eisner. Yes. And so, but but now we've done (laughs) 15 plus together. Yeah. Graphic novels, early chapter books, novels. We've done quite a lot. Everything except for one has, for, that I've written has been a collaboration with you. Yes, you did that special picture book Listen, all on your own. All out of print. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do we do it? How do you do it? She does it. Um, so at first it was really important that we identify who was the chief writer and who was... Who was the, the subcontractor? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that we had to establish who was in charge, and the that steward. was obviously me. Yes. Well, that was how everything worked at home, anyway. Yes. <laughs> so we just <laughs> fell right into it. Yeah. Um, but we've done it so much now that I think we've kind of ironed out the process. But I, I would say the biggest thing that we do that is we different from when you we, write alone. Yeah, we plot together. Yeah. And this is, I mean, when if you, it's unusual to co-write in novels, but it's like very common in screenwriting Mm -hmm. and in television, of course. And um, so that kind of getting into a room with one other person or a few other people and breaking the story story is like, it's really a healthy, great way to, great way to work. And um, I used to not like to outline, but when you collaborate, you have to outline, you have to outline completely. made an error. Yeah, many errors. So we, um, so we get together, we figure out the plot, we break it. We and walk around the lake holding hands. Like a retirement commercial. Plot. And um, it's beautiful. And it is. <laughs> I love this job. And actually, it's really kind of a fun process. We make yeah, sure we get good food during the, <laughs> during all of this. Uh-huh. And we're just banging ideas. Yeah, and ideas just, are the most 
fun part so for of us, it. us, we're not precious about ideas. It yeah. depends. So for people who like ideas are their harder part, that might be harder. But for us, we have never ending ideas. So it doesn't bother me if I throw out an idea and he's like, no. Yeah. It's not like I don't have, you know, 12 more waiting. Right, right. So, it does bother me because I only have three more. <laughs> <laughs> right, whatever. You're the idea engine. And then we um, we outline extensively. And there are times, for example, when we're doing a graphic novel, when our outline can actually be longer than the, the final book. Yeah. Um, and then we after we've outlined and revised the outline over and over again, then we split it up. Yeah, there are certain pieces of the of the story that often call to one or the other of us. Or if you know, if during the pitch process, you know, like I'm totally behind yeah, this, this idea, particular idea, I'm really excited about. Like I can visualize it more than. Or if we have different characters, so in yeah. our Squirrel Girl novels, um, there are different point of view characters, and so I did all of Doreen's chapters. This is in the first draft. He, yeah. I wrote all of Doreen's chapters and Anna Sophia's. And I did the squirrels. And you did the squirrels the and the villain. Yeah. And then we both wanted to do squirrel girl chapters, right. so we split them. Right. Yeah. And, but then in, in revisions, we just trade it back and forth. Till, yeah. And we're not precious about it, yeah. so we, we delete and add so and delete and add. So we each take credit for the Yeah, be, we have no idea who parts, wrote what. Yeah. Except I did the funniest parts. No, but they were probably yeah. me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does that clarify everything? Yes. Um, so that's completely repeatable too. I think everybody can just take that model exactly. and replicate it right and, across. Yeah. Yes. It, it does help when you love your collaborator. Yeah. I mean, when you know that if you, you know, whatever they're saying, how rude and insensitive and evil it sounds, you know, at the end of the day that they love you. I, I co-wrote a screenplay with Drusha Hess. And her process was anytime I said anything she didn't like, she'd say, that's stupid. <laughs> and it took me like a couple days to get into it. And then I was like, you know, telling her what an idiot she was in return. And it was lovely. And then our next collaboration, <laughs> I'd say something and she'd say, that's stupid. And he was like, whoa, this oh, is not whoa. what I was. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Uh, keeping the relationship yeah. <laughs> and the work relationship, yeah. like intertwining those how have you made that work? I don't think it's healthy for most people what we've done. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know that it would work. I, I honestly, the main question I get from people is, "How are you guys still happily married?" Right. And I, we just happen. <laughs> and you to say, have... "Are we?" Well, I keep some mystery. Right. In there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think um, I've also collaborated with uh, Lee Wen Fan, the illustrator, and. Um, and so they're, they're, I've collaborated closely with three different people. And it is different when it's your husband <laughs> and you live in the same house and you have relationship outside of work. And oh, I think we're just lucky. I yeah. yeah. We like and respect each other. That helps. Do you, do you um, have, I mean, you talked about like you go for a walk by the lake. And, uh, but do you have specific like work times? And when the you, kids are at school. When the kids are at yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. So I was wondering if you had separated work and family oh. relationship a little bit by time or if it's just I mean like, not really, really officially yeah. but yeah no just just because logistically it's easier when they're yeah. not in the house yeah <laughs> yeah no it's true I mean it's sometimes I try to like when you're just this last week you were like on a heads down deadline yeah I was working 10 12 hours a day which and is I'm really unusual trying to run interference me. with the kids but oh, he's man. really bad at running interference with the kid let's be honest I only really good at ideas but they slip past him. Yeah, it's like, what, where, hmm? And here they are, I find them in your office. Mom! Weeping at my feet. I'm like, well, you're so tall and they're so tiny. I know, I know, it's hard. It's slippery. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is kind of a big deal. <laughs> it is. It's You're right. kind of a big deal. <laughs> I have a new YA novel, and it is just brand. I haven't done one in years. It's it's just out. It's about a girl named Josie Pye, and she wanted to be a Broadway star, dropped out of high school to pursue Broadway, and failed spectacularly. And a year later, she's trying to figure out her life, and she starts reading books and getting pulled into them. And trying to figure out what's going on, like and, well, magically pulled, like into magically them? pulled into them, and so she's trying to figure out how, and at the same time, using it as opportunity to like live out her truest fantasies. Awesome! And this, yeah. just to be clear for listeners that didn't get it, the actual title is kind of a big deal. Yes, and the release date <laughs> is. Sometime sure. <laughs> right around no. this time. Yeah. I have no okay. idea. We are just, uh, we're having so much fun with it even now because um, we're, ta- we're, we're recording this in advance. And one of the books she gets pulled into is a comic book. And um, we just are getting the pages of that right now. It's That's really fun. fun. Yeah. All the books, the, the fake books that you've made up for this yeah. are super funny. They're like examples of genre. Yeah. You know, and so she gets pulled into uh a tawdry romance, a historical romance, and post-apocalyptic a, horror. Yeah, and a, a, a YA rom-com, a horror. Yeah. She gets pulled on Anne Gables. That's the only real book that mm. I didn't make up. A fantasy. Um, anyway, a nonfiction book. I've, so I've read it. It's very good. Someone's going to read this, not realize that Anne of Green Gables is real, and then That's encounter true. it like I 10 know. years later. I and thought of that. Well, awesome. I wrote a book that was uh, called The Goose Girl that's based mm-hmm. on a Grimm's Brothers fairy tale. Which and I, I love. And I would get letters from people saying, I saw this story in a in a book at school. You didn't make it up. <laughs> the Goose Girl is a real story. And this you is plagiarism. Cheated. Like, oh, no. <laughs> So, um, looking at some of the com- collaborations I've been involved in, um, a lot of mine lately have been, I write a book and someone writes a screenplay of it, which is a collaboration, but a different style of collaboration. Yeah, you're not in the same room. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that sometimes this turns into, 
um, a process that makes the story much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, just say that. Um, so okay, none of his screenwriters <laughs> listen to our show. One time, one time, I got back a screenplay, and every aspect of my story was better in a way that made me embarrassed. Oh, right? oh yeah. because at every turn, yeah. they took the better option that I hadn't considered, yeah. and just leveled up the entire story yeah. to an amount where I was really excited, but also kind of embarrassed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, oh man, they just. And that's so awesome. I got to see it work finally, right? Because right. that's what's supposed to happen in collaboration is that the things that you both bring to the table, you enhance each other's um, yes. abilities. You make up for one another's um, uh, maybe weaker areas in writing. You get something better than you could have done alone. Um, this has happened to me in writing with Mary <laughs> Robinette, where we did a story together, um, but only once in screenplays. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question is, how do you make sure it goes that direction instead of the other direction? And Dan actually raised his hand on this one. So. Well, I was just going to say that you and I just did a, a convention last yes. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've collaborated on a novel. It's still yeah. unpublished. And we did a reading from it, mm-hmm. which was the first time I think either of us had really heard it out loud. And it was astonishing to me, first of all, how well it worked. But second, how I couldn't tell what was mine and what was yours. Right. Yeah. I, um, That's uh, the best one. You doing a reading of that chapter made me think, wow, that book's, that book's way better than I remember it being. <laughs> it's got to be Dan's influence. But I can't figure out what was Dan's influence. Uh, made me really excited about, you know, we have to, I have to dig into it and fix part of it, but yeah, so collaboration can be energizing and exciting, yeah. and when I got the screenplay back, I'm like, wow. Again, how do we make sure that collaborations go that way? You have to check your ego, first of all. That's true, You can't just remember, like, this was my piece, and this was your piece, yeah. and, you know, you can't touch my piece. I just don't think it works Yeah, that and way. you can't be, well, you can't be precious about anything. Like, I'll, I'll no. think, oh, I've got this awesome idea, and I still believe it's awesome, but you, you're like, it just doesn't fit for the story. And yeah. I have to be like, yeah, all right. He'll send me pages and then I will see the part of what he's trying to go for and I will delete. She's the screenwriter in this case. <laughs> and then add a few more sentences and he'll get it back and go, this is exactly what I was trying to do. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's so awesome. I'll be like, I'll feel like it's my work, but suddenly like better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I guess what it is, but. But I would say collaboration takes longer than doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't, I think people often think, oh, there's two people, so you only have to work half the time. But it actually takes more work. And so the benefit of it is you're saying, Brandon, is that synergy that comes yeah. from two different people and you're wrestling out something together. Uh, yeah. We get more edit passes too, because yeah. I go through and see what you've done. Then you go through and undo whatever I've done. And I go through and try to redo it. I have a couple of friends who collaborate and they said, Whenever they get to the point where they can't, they often agree. But if they each have an idea of what should happen and they can't agree, then they 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 have committed to throw out both of those ideas and come up with a third option. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we actually don't really get there. We no, I back off way too early. You know, you, we pitch to each other yeah. a lot and like and really try to, um, yeah. you know, explain why why we want to go that particular way. But often in the process, what's great about collaboration too is that you're forced to explain. This why is why this, this is awesome. Yes. Should, should happen. And sometimes when you're explaining, you realize, oh, oh actually, it's not that great. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes when you're explaining, you realize, oh, it is that great. And in fact, it even talking better. about it is giving yeah. me more yeah. ideas that get a way to expand yeah. it. So it is, it's a totally different kind of writing. And I don't think it would, 
you know, I actually really enjoy writing novels on my own as well. So I don't think it's the only thing I need to do. But for certain books, I'm always like, oh, this will be better if I do it with Dean. Well, I love having an early reader. Like sometimes when I, when I feel like I can't, like, I don't know where to go, like what tack to take, I know that I can write for you. And, you know, and so I will insert a joke in there that I know is not going to be in the final one. And I'm like, oh, it's a gift for you. Delete, delete, delete. delete. Need to give you something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are out of time for this podcast. Uh, We want to thank Shannon and Dean, who have been here to record some awesome episodes with us. And we're going to leave with Dean giving us some homework. All right. So this is a this is a thing that I do with my kids. I collaborate with my children and my wife that uh, was named picture word by one of my kids. I'm not sure which one. What we do is we just get a single piece of paper and we fold it into four so that we've got four separate like pages and we sit down and we draw pictures on each page. We're telling a story. It's like a, it's like a picture book or a graphic novel, but you only draw the pictures and then you pass it to the next person and they sight unseen draw or write the words that are supposed to go with that picture or you flip it or, you know, you start down and you write, you know, you write the title, The Egg, and you don't put any pictures in the next page. The egg had something in it. And then whoever it is, the kid who's next, draws the picture that is related to that. And you end up getting a story that neither one of you really thought was going to happen. That's awesome. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.